Welcome back to the Bug and a Rug podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Jack. And on this episode of Bug and a Rug, we usher in the new year with a discussion of what is the Guinness Book of World Records' largest, most successful hotel robbery in history, the heist of Hotel Pierre. This story may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it, you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell. Oh, I have a great question. If you were to perform a heist, yeah, and and it wasn't a one person job, Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven style, baby, who would you want on your team? And oh. and you can make the list as long or short as possible, but I do need reasons why. Um, I never, I haven't planned one in a while. No. <laughs> <laughs> the um, last one went terrible. Yeah, Jiminy is still game. in jail. I'm out of the game. Um, <laughs> The, I don't know. It kind of, it, well, it depends what I'm heisting. Okay. Is it my heisting just like straight up cash? Am I heisting something specific? That would change who you pick? Yeah. Really? Okay. Like if it's just like, oh, we're going to rob a bank. I want to know somebody who's been to a bank before. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody's been to a bank. I mean like something, like a piece of art. And I want to know, have a friend who works or is into art. Oh, that's true. Like they would know. Yeah, but you would do research beforehand, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, so there's no one off the top of your head that's like, I trust this person enough to like go heisting with. This is an entrapment. I wouldn't pick myself either. <laughs> Pro- weirdly, probably Dalton. Really? Yeah. Why? He's trust him not to say anything afterwards. That, but also, I think he's pretty detail oriented, specifically in his job now. Yeah, like he's probably one of my closest friends that wouldn't like just go a wall. Yeah, he's got to be organized. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Darius true. Darius is too chaotic. Yeah, I was going to say. He's, he's madness. Yeah, and absolute chaos. And then everyone would go to jail and he ended up being... He, <laughs> He'd talk his way out of it, for sure. You wouldn't pick Ben? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, the first person that comes to my mind, weirdly enough, is Monica. Only because I think if it was like a distraction... Right, like distraction, and then I'm over here just like taking the jewels or whatever. Like she could definitely flirt our way out of it. Like that, that would be the only thing I think I could use Darius for. Yeah, one, he's he's charismatic enough to like. He can fit into any situation. Yeah, to like be on the inside. That's true. That's fair. But he's yeah. That's true. I like it. I think we need to make. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it tells our, that our character is good or bad that we don't have a <laughs> decent list of people we could heist with. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's more as if can we make a heist or not? <laughs> but, I couldn't. I'm too. Um, I'd take our cats. With he's us. trying to heist us. <laughs> I don't want our cats to go to jail. <laughs> well. This heist in particular, like I said, was at the Hotel Pierre. 
So the Pierre at Fifth Avenue and 61st Street was the city's most elegant hotel, housing wealthy clientele in a mix of guest rooms and co-op apartments. I and, assume this is New York City? Yes. Fifth Avenue? Okay. Yes. And it, it's 1970s. So it might still be that way, um, but at the time it was like the place to be. So simple research at the New York Public Library would reveal that the Pierre's glamorous long-term guests were almost always famous enough to have their estimated net worth printed in gossip columns around the country. Mine isn't. Mine is not either. (laughs) Among the permanent residents at the Pierre have been Elizabeth Taylor, who is a famous actress, and Yves St. Laurent, who is a designer, um, all of whom who had net worth between $500 million and $600 million at the time of them, like the their fame. Well, when they were like super famous, okay. these people weren't necessarily living there in the 70s, yeah. but that's just like the type of clientele that would be staying there, if that makes sense. So on December 30th, 1971, Samuel Nalo and Robert Comfort found themselves in the back of Nalo's nightclub having a final meeting before taking on the heist of the century. They were going to rob the residence of Hotel Pierre. Nalo and Comfort were the brains behind the operation, touting resumes that dubbed them professional thieves. They had previously performed robberies at the Regency Hotel, the Drake Hotel, the Carlisle Hotel, and the St. Regis Hotel, However, their most impressive hit took place at the Sherry Netherland Hotel, where they were able to steal $1 million in jewelry and cash from Sophia Lauren's suite. I've heard of those um, hotels, but if it wasn't the one that uh, Zach and Cody oh, <laughs> lived man. at, I was going to call them Dylan and Cole Sorrells, and I was yeah. like, that weren't, that was not their names. <laughs> were you a big Sweet Life of Zach and Cody fan? Um... If it was on. Okay, that's fair. I didn't go out of my way to find it. And what? Oh, you didn't go out of your way. I I didn't learn. They tried to write themselves off and then, like, be the, like, writers for the next season after it to, like, keep the show going to give all those people, like, a job. Yeah. And, like, the executive producers pretty much, like, laughed in their face and they're like, you'll, no, like. Did was that before or after The Sweet Life on Deck? It was, it was at the very end of The Sweet Life on Deck. They wanted yeah. to write one more. They wanted to, like, write themselves out of the show. Yeah, like but they could to... be, like, cameos in it. Yeah, and then be like, oh, there's a new, there's new kids moving in. Right, right, right. Like, they would be the Mr. Mosby. Yeah. Kind of. And, yeah, one of them talks about, I don't know which one, they look the same. Um, Interesting. Interesting. But he talk, they talk about it, and they're like, yeah, like, we, we have, like, a script for an entire season. Yeah. Like, to write us off and, like, give the kids... Yeah. The new people like to think, and they're just like, no. Was there ever an episode of the hotel being robbed? I'm, I'm not recalling one, but I think that'd be pretty awesome. Probably by themselves. <laughs> so. And the guy who was in like all the Nickelodeon shows and then was also the janitor. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Maintenance guy. Right. I right. sound different now. I don't know why. <laughs> was I here? I was here. <laughs> I don't know where my face was in comparison to the uh, microphone. It's been so long, I don't even remember what any of the equipment's called. So, Nalo and Robert, Nalo and Comfort, Samuel and Robert, Nalo and Comfort, their last names, okay. <laughs> um, came up with a conniving plan to one-up their past heists. And this plan had been in motion for a couple months or... At least long enough to learn the ins and outs of the Pierre Hotel. 
Their intention was ultimately to take a team into the hotel under a fake reservation, tie up the staff, break open safety deposit boxes that were predetermined to hold precious items, and escape all while guests would be sleeping off the New Year escapades. That's why I picked this one. I mean, it also is like one of the largest (laughs) robberies ever, but also because their plan revolved around New Year's. So I guess this will come out after New Year's. Hopefully nobody got robbed. If you did, let us know. (laughs) Let us know if you got robbed. So basically they were learning the ins and outs of the hotel. They had learned that you could only get in with a reservation. That's why they had to make the reservation. They also kind of figured out who the staff would be, like where they would be. There was a doorman. There's a person behind the desk, how many people they have overnight, things like that. And then I think most hotels were kind of like this. Well, this one had the apartments, so ones that were kind of like long-term. They had vaults that had safety deposit boxes in them, and they did their own little research at the New York Public Library to see who was famous enough and staying there. And they basically made a list of like, these are the safety deposit boxes we're going to look for and who we're going to rob. ABC. That's it. Um, But in order to pull off their biggest heist yet, Nalo and Comfort had to recruit a wide variety of quote-unquote skilled criminals. Robert Bobby Germain and his associate Alan Visconti were recruited for their ability to pry open safety deposit boxes, which is a good skill you'd probably need. They also hailed from the Lucia's crime family. An Italian-American mafia crime family and one of the five families that dominated organized crime activities in New York City. This crime family actually provided three cars, eight guns, and a dozen handcuffs to the cause because they were basically going to get a cut of it because they're sending their own men in it in to help. Ali Ben and his brother-in-law Al Green were hired from the Albanian mafia as contract killers, while two freelance contract killers, Nick the Cat Sacco and Donald Francos, rounded out the Ocean's Eleven-style team. Yes? I was just thinking of freelance killing as a job. Yeah, I don't know. That's what, that's what I, I do have it in quotes, freelance contract killers. I think that just means they weren't necessarily they weren't tied, to, tied to a specific family or mafia group. Yeah, I think they were just... People knew of them. They were criminals as well. I need a guy. I'm Uh, calling the cat. (laughs) Nick the cat psycho. That'd be a great, like, great name to have. The cat, probably because he's like a burglar. Like, you know what I mean? Like a cat burglar kind of thing. What if a cat burglar meant that they were actually stealing cats? Oh, my God. Now I just got nervous that our cats were going to get stolen. (laughs) I don't think there's any cat burglars in the area. (laughs) You never know. He's in... Sorry. He's like stretched out like a bridge. <laughs> Where? <laughs> All right. So to get into the timeline, at approximately 3.50 a.m. on the morning of January 2nd, 1972, a Cadillac limo arrived at the 61st Street entrance of the Pierre Hotel. A chauffeur stepped out and announced a Dr. Foster's arrival. The security guard working the door called the front desk to confirm the reservation before he unlocked the door to allow entry. Nalo, Comfort, Germain, Visconti, Ali Ben, Seiko, and Francos then exited the limo wearing tuxedos, sunglasses, fake beards, and wings. They proceeded to usher the security guard into the building at gunpoint while the chauffeur, who was actually Al Green in disguise, kept watch at the entrance. 
The team made their way to the front desk where they tied up the night clerk and took over the area's, like, their home base. The crew split off to round up hotel staff, restraining them, what one newspaper said as respectfully, on the floor in a lobby alcove with handcuffs and then rope. They respect that they're like, please, please, I don't want to shoot you. (laughs) You're really nice if you listen and let us tie you up. Comfort took up command, doling out orders to the team. His first priority was keeping guests out of the way. I mean, it was four in the morning, but still, New Year's, it's the day after, so people are kind of out partying still. So he would answer the phone if a guest called, take their concern, and then send Seiko to resolve the issues. So that was kind of his job. So if a guest needed pillows, he would go take them pillows. If a guest needed, um, you know, an Bus- alarm. Business as usual. Right. Business as usual. He was, <laughs> yes. I don't know how you go from like hotel staff to like a man. Just some dude in a tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who are you? But I anyway. Don't worry about it. So this actually ultimately led to several hotel guests being taken hostage along with the um, hotel staff. An elderly man actually called to complain about chest pains. So they brought him down to the lobby, found out somebody who was staying there was a doctor, went and woke the doctor up, took him hostage, but basically made him help the elderly man (laughs) who was having chest pains, like down in the lobby at gunpoint. I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. That's, to be honest, probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, in the fact of, like, if something happens and they do get caught, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, they weren't mean. Yeah. They were, like... Oh, I think that's why they were kind of, like, respectful. I mean... They never took anything from me. They just, they, I don't know what they were doing. Right. They made me help this old man. Right. Like, and I also don't, I, I don't think they, their plan wasn't to like kill anybody. Like, I don't think they wanted to Clean do that. Up. Right. Exactly. So I think that was part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not necessarily stealing from the hotel staff. So it's kind of like, listen, yeah. we're not taking from you. Why don't you just sit here and we'll go about yeah. our business? The elderly man and the doctor. <laughs> so four other hostages were also taken. When a man, so allegedly a man had called because the elevator wasn't working. Whoever was supposed to be on the elevator or whatever, it wasn't going up and down. He was staying in a suite with his new wife and his mother-in-law, so her mom. And he was trying to basically sneak out of their room because he had brought his mistress to the hotel to stay in a different room. Well, this ended up with all four of those people awake, and so they took them all hostage. Oh, and put them in the same room? Mm. So the man, his new wife, his mother-in-law, and his mistress were now all taken hostage down in the lobby with the hotel staff as well. That's that's on that guy. That's not even on, like... What do you think they felt? Do you think they shamed him a little bit? Like... They probably, they probably had to put them in their own separate room because they were probably all three yelling at him, yeah. which he deserved. Don't do right, me wrong. Right. But it was probably like, it, it was probably one of those things yeah. that I feel like every heist has yeah. of like, oh, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect the guests to fight each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, also, then the wife is probably like, well, I'm not going to tell on these yeah. criminals because they helped me realize my <laughs> husband was my having an affair. Yeah. Uh, and one's a lawyer and he's yeah. going to get me a lot of money in the divorce. Yeah. 
Exactly. So as Seiko was becoming manager of guest relations, Nalo, Germain, Visconti, Aliben, and Francos were prying open safety deposit boxes that Comfort was reading off to them from an index that was on the front desk. So they had those list of people that they researched beforehand. They knew the names. They're, they found like an index that had number 42 belongs to, you know, Keanu Reeves. He wasn't yeah. there, but you know what I mean. So go get number 42. We know that guy's got a lot of money. He's got to have something in here. Yeah. After two hours, the robbers had taken 21 individuals hostage, opened 47 safety deposit boxes, and were $28 million richer. One deposit box in particular had $500,000 in bundles marked $10,000, $20,000, and $30,000 while another had $3 million in $500 bills. However, the most valuable item was a $750,000 Harry Winston diamond necklace that belonged to Baroness von Langendorf, a long-term resident at the Pierre. You made a face. Sorry, $500 bills was... Yeah? That was the thing? Well... Kind of. Kind of. So, um, that kind of comes back around a little bit in a few paragraphs. But, um, also, you have to find a fence with jewelry. That's the hard part. Cash, you can just kind of use. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And then how many? But you have to think. These people are part of crime syndicates that are basically running the city. So, you know they have to have somebody. And there was how many people? Um, it would have been, I think, eight. Eight. Let's go ten because of the crime families. Two point eight is not bad. No. You're splitting it even. It's probably not. They didn't. (laughs) They definitely didn't. (laughs) That also comes back. (laughs) They definitely didn't. Somebody snitch on somebody (laughs) because they didn't get paid. (laughs) So the team packed $28 million in jewelry and, and, and cash into four suitcases Nalo apparently wanted to open a specific box that belonged to a princess of some sort, but Seiko allegedly told him, quote, listen, Sammy, we got four suitcases, money, jewels, and everything. Just buy yourself a princess. (laughs) As everyone basically laughed at this interaction, Comfort handed $20 to each hostage and told them to wait a little longer before calling police. (laughs) And then they left. They were out the door with their stolen goods by 6.45 a.m., so... In and out two and a half half hours. Yeah, ish. For breakfast. Right. They could, yeah, they went, they stopped at a diner on the way. Don't be suspicious. Don't be (laughs) suspicious. So the jewelry was first taken to experts on 47th Street and Canal Street connections. These people ground away the identifying marks on the gems and, and set most of them into new rings or necklaces or bracelets or whatever they could. To make them look like they weren't what they were, obviously. Yeah. Nalo, Comfort, Jermaine, Visconti, Ali Ben, Al Green, Seiko, and Francos then went their separate ways. So that's eight people. They took their shares to various jewelers, bankers, other shady businesses, whoever they had connections to separately to kind of figure out what they were going to do. The $500 bills that they had collected were actually out of circulation They were like an out-of-circulation denomination. They weren't like not a thing. They couldn't just like use them without being suspicious, if that makes sense. And they were like, oh, this is going to be the hardest part of getting rid of all this stuff. Like this is the thing that's going to tip people off. 
And they were, like, really nervous to try and get rid of it, basically. Um, However, that was the least of their problems. Five days after the robbery, a Detroit mobster who was an FBI informant actually got his hands on that Harry Winston diamond, the most expensive thing that they got. It was Baroness von Langerdorf's diamond necklace. He actually realized what it was. This led to the NYPD arresting Robert Comfort and Samuel Nalo the next day, because I think they took it because they were in charge. They both took a plea deal to a burglary charge, a huge reduction from armed robbery that could have been argued. This was allegedly arranged via a $500,000 bribe to Manhattan Supreme Court Justice Andrew Tyler. The pair ended up only serving 19 months in prison for their crimes. While others were charged with possession of property stolen at the pier, no one else was ever charged with the robbery itself. So I don't even know, I couldn't even really find if any of the other members of the team were arrested or if it was just people who they had given things to were getting caught. So that was basically... The, the $500 bills, they were totally fine. Got rid of all of those. It was that diamond necklace that eventually, like, did yeah. them in. So Donald Frankos, a member of the crew, read about the initial trial in the newspapers and fell into a jealous rage after realizing he was given the smallest share out of everybody. Because it came out that they took this necklace, they had all this money on them, like millions of dollars, and it was kind of a guessing game kind of as to who had how much to an extent because some of the famous people weren't coming forward with like how much much they they actually had and how much they lost but he for sure was like well that was hundreds of thousands of dollars more than i even got so he vowed to find the rest of the crew and basically take revenge he was pissed comfort robert comfort would leave prison and die of cancer in 1986 while Nayla was gunned down by an unknown assailant in 1988. So those two were not found by Franco's. However, Ali Ben and Al Green were found and killed by Franco's after they fled to Europe. So they had, like, left. They heard about the trial. They left. And then he found them, like, years later and I think was still kind of mad about it. And killed them. (laughs) He knows how to hold a grudge, that's for sure. So there isn't much information about, like, Robert Bobby Germain or Al Visconti. I couldn't find anything about what happened to them. I think this is just my speculation. They were kind of shielded because they were part of the five families of New York. So I think they just didn't really take any heat from it because they were just absorbed back into their... Yeah, their roles. Yeah. Some articles say, like, not all of these people were involved. Some people say there was only four people. Some people say it was all eight. I kind of went with all eight. Um, there is a article and actually a book. I did not read the book. But Nick the Cat Seiko is the lone survivor. He did, like, a couple interviews. And that's kind of where I got, tried to get most of my information. Now, how much do I believe in what he said? <laughs> listening to a a freelance hitman yeah not the best (laughs) not sure i don't know how much he's gonna tell the truth (laughs) so nick the cat seiko actually in the interview says he owes his longevity to the witness protection program 
which he entered in 1975 after telling authorities what he overheard in jail about a mob triple murder. So he basically helped get these mobsters in jail. It was three years after, three-ish years after they robbed the store. Goes in Williams Production. He's basically like, good to go. The 76-year-old collaborated with crime writer Daniel Simone in 2017 to publish The Pierre Hotel Affair, a detailed inside look on what went down on January 2nd, 1972. And at the end of all the interviews, at the end of everything, Seiko states that he is sorry that his days as a crook are over. And this is a quote from him. This is a legit quote. I get so lonely and it's so boring. I miss it. That type of money. I never would have had that type of money in my whole life. When you're born to poverty and you start making money, it's just different. I mean, he's not. <laughs> he's not he's wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's one of those things that, like, I don't even know how to explain it. But, like. <laughs> From <laughs> the story that I'm gathering, I think he was the charismatic hire of the group. They had him do guest relations. Yeah. He's saying that he wishes he did was you? still robbing yeah. banks. <laughs> Are you sorry for what you did? No. No, no. Actually, <laughs> I'm I'm upset that I got caught. <laughs> so. Do you need some guy to do it now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How old are you? 78. Yeah. I'll do it, right? All right. Well, that's the end of the story. That's basically all I have. Um, so do you think this story will keep you up at night, or do you think you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I'm more interested now in the witness protection program. <laughs> and I'm more interested in the guy... We should just let him rob stuff. <laughs> Nick the cat say, I know. At that point, you want to bring him in on certain operations, right? Like, How white, would you do it? White collar crimes. Is that what he does? White collar. Yeah. What's the show that you call? Is that uh, what it is? White collar. Yeah. yeah. The, it's this, um, it's like the guy from Detroit. He he got caught. Yeah. And then he became, it was either you can stay in jail or you become an informant yeah. and work for them. Right. And that's. And they essentially like, how would you do it? And like, Not the way you guys are. Yeah, yeah. I do it this way. Yeah. And then like gets caught. They're like, oh my god, you're right. No, I think he's. I wanna. I I would love. I I couldn't find if he's still alive or not. He was definitely alive in 2017 or like a year or two after that. Um, but he just was so funny. He kind of reminded me of my grandpa, like in a way that just like he just says all these things, and I'm like, I don't know. I genuinely don't know if it's true or not. But he tells a hell of a good story. Like. <laughs> Did that guy and his wife and mother-in-law and mistress really get taken hostage? Honestly, I don't know. It's such, such a not, like, it doesn't matter one way or the other, but it's just funny enough that yeah. it's like, oh. You gotta add that in. You gotta, we're you gotta gonna add, add like, it's just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, um, oh my goodness. And, and I'm just thinking of, like, in a situation where everyone's in the lobby and you just hear these four people screaming at each other. Yeah. And, like, some guys, like, some, the front desk workers looking at each other like what are, what are they mad about yeah. like, oh that's tony and tony so that girl over there that's his new bride the girl right next to him his girlfriend this, this girl's been in here for the last seven months yeah, yeah. yeah. he's the old oh. lady like i think it's the wife's mom like, oh and just my like, God. like oh yeah and that's like, the kind of thing though like i would love to watch that <laughs> i would love to watch that go down. yeah oh my god anyway so I thought this was the perfect story to start the new year with. It happened on the new year because people were drunk and hungover after the new year. You know, largest, most successful hotel robbery in history. So, hopefully... You rob a hotel. 
I, well, hold on. I was going to say, hopefully you don't get robbed if you go to a hotel. But if you want to rob, I mean, according to Nick the Cat Sacco, it's a great time. It's, it's euphoric. Yeah. I mean, he's a freelance killer, so I'm sure that yeah. this robbery was probably nothing for him. He may or may not have done some other stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness! If you need a, if you need a vice, yeah, rob rich people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rob, they weren't rob, exactly giving it back to the poor, but take it for yourself. And whatever you do, make sure everyone gets an equal share. Yeah, I mean, or kill them. Hey, this five hundred dollar bills were just sitting in a safety deposit box. It's not like they were going to do anything with them. Yeah. If the thieves can't do anything with them, they can't do anything. Right. Exactly. So anyway, always have a fence ready. Always have a, well, yeah, I think they I had plans. Yeah. I mean, also, well, I don't oh, know girl. about wheeling. I was going to say, these people had connections to, like, I don't know anything about New York City or the mob or anything like that. But it, weren't they running it, basically, at one Pretty point? Much, yeah. So I think that's kind of where their connections came from. I don't know if we really have anybody here like this in wheeling. TikTok makes me think it's the... TikTok makes me think it's the... <laughs> the chief of police. <laughs> That's not real. That's a smear campaign for sure, right? I think so. It's also, <laughs> I've learned the guy, it's the same guy who also puts the signs up in Elm Grove that's like, dear Mr. Whoever the president is, the city of Wheeling is a fascist hellhole. And <gasps> Wait, the same person that made the TikTok? Or the, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I learned that. I want to meet this man. Have I want to ask those him questions. It, no. it used to be like, dear George Bush. And then it'd be like, then it went to like, dear President Obama. Blah, blah, blah. No. And like, now it's President Trump. I don't know if you ever put a Biden one up. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. It's if you if you're getting off um, by the little gas station Arby's thing. Oh. Oh. I'll have to look next time I go. If you're going to rob something, don't rob that Arby's. Why? I don't know. You know, Winnie got yes. robbed. Oh, yeah. Did you know this? She worked at a bank. She, she worked at a bank. She, she got robbed the first day <laughs> that she worked. Yeah. But it wasn't like this. I think the person, like, slipped a note, and they basically just give them the money, and then after the, after the person left, they were like, hey, we just got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> the guy just took all the guy just took my money. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shoot. The, um, there's a bank in... The best robbery, the, the fun fact, the best robbery that happened around here was at a was at a bank in Bridgeport, Ohio. Really, the best robbery? What do you mean the by the best? The most efficient. Um, it was a uh, two guy, three guys, two guys. Sure. Um, they called in, and I forget if it was a bomb or an active shooter. Oh. To the high school, which was like across the highway. Yeah. Because the highway runs right through the town. The bank was on one side. The high school was on the other, like, up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, every single cop and patrol, oh, like, went, to, went the to the school. school. They immediately robbed the bank oh, and, like, drove the gosh. complete opposite direction. They yeah. got to, like, South Carolina before they got caught. Really? And the only reason they got caught was because um, they they spent, like, new bills. Yeah. So it was, like, um, the serial numbers were all in order yeah and somebody's like oh like, this is weird yeah when they would got like a gas station or something yeah and yeah, they're like this isn't these are crisp these came right off the printer <laughs> <laughs> this is strange and they they um 
they bought something or bought like a lot they, or yeah. it was groceries and they bought like a whole bunch and they put it like all in ones yeah and it was all like ones in like numerical order yeah. and whoever they're at they're like i don't this, this is suspicious. weird like, yeah where'd you get <laughs> you probably made a joke haha you guys rob a bank or something <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right, well, that's on his story. Any last comments, questions, concerns? You know of any other great robberies around here? Um, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if you care about any, it wasn't us. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me or the cat guy. <laughs> Nick the cat's guy. Well, who knows? I don't. Does witness production ever like end? I don't think so. Interesting. I think our neighbors are. Maybe. Or he's Nick the Cat. <laughs> I wonder if it, we should start asking our neighbors if they're ex-cons. Yeah. In no, a, why a, would we a, ask that? In a, we should ask if they ever know a guy who didn't rob someone. <laughs> we should ask him for a friend. Just for, just for somebody. Just, just for research. Yeah, research. <laughs> oh, the place um, across the street. They should rob that. The barbecue place? Oh, Tony's? Troy. Troy's? <laughs> Damn, that's where they made check So Tony earlier. <laughs> we just keep getting the name Tony because of the Copa Cabana. Yeah. Copa. Copa Cabana. Um, but yeah, they make like the only check paper in the U.S. Why would you say that? Yeah, but like, what are you going to do with that? Write checks. <laughs> You don't need to know the name. Yeah, it's like I don't want to work. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't think that one's as easy as and you think it is. That's what you need advice or offense for. Not yeah. advice. Oh, so my the lesson that I've learned from this is we need to uh, have shadier friends. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. Don't turn away the criminals in your life. Don't turn away the criminals. If they're if they're like my father if would be like, so disappointed. <laughs> if they're if they're like cool criminals, <laughs> no one wants like any one who's like assaulting or like hurting yeah. kids. Everyone wants if like they're like oh I used to rob banks. Like, burglars oh. are cool. Yeah, burglars are cool. <laughs> All right. If they're polite. If they're polite. If they're respectful. If they're respectful and don't, but make sure they don't put you and your mistress. Yeah. And your current wife or husband if someone robbed me and tied me up respectfully and then before they left for like here's 500 bucks yeah i ain't saying shit (laughs) (laughs) depends on how much they stole from me but (laughs) yeah if they if they just stole around yeah (laughs) i'd respect that i could get swayed pretty easily Oh my god. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna stop while we're ahead, even though I don't think we're ahead anymore. Um, if Please you... don't. You, you literally can't use this against me in the court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> Alright, if you want to see any pictures, I think I can find a few. Um, you could check out Twitter or Instagram. Those are both at B-I-A-R podcast. You can check out our Facebook. It's just Bug and a Rug. You can email me i do check those emails not a lot of people email me but listen i'm working on it i'm doing i'm gonna be doing suggestions so uh biarpodcast at gmail.com if you would like to look at any of the resources that i used you can go to bugandarug.podbean.com that's the website has all of our other episodes quick what's your favorite episode for someone to listen to that 
Trains, trains one by one. <laughs> trains, trains. Sylvester what, Machuska. I don't, yeah, I don't know what episode number it is. It's great. Um, I want that was my peak. I should have ended yeah. that episode. We'll have to. We should revisit that. We should. We should redo that one in the future. Yeah. God, I can never find anyone. He blew up trains. He wasn't a good guy. He went to a fortune teller. Fortune teller told him something about he was going to fall in love with trains, and he did. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. He blew up trains, yes. But then he'd like sit and play with himself as the train was exploding. The train was crazy. And it wasn't even like. It was just a bizarre. It wasn't even like, oh, that guy liked to murder people. No, the dude just liked, liked to blow up trains. He felt really bad for killing the people. He, he was would, like, well, or was he just playing like being like a weird little guy and being like, I'll help him. I gotta get closer to this train wreckage. <laughs> the train's on fire. Stop. It's the best day ever. He, Stop. I'm sorry. There's a lot of people. I gotta cut that out now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm done talking about trades. Sorry. <laughs> Signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Jen. Bye.